Welcome to Bugs and Beards, the podcast home for everything fly fishing and fly tying. Kick back as we sit down and talk with some of your favorite fly tires and fishermen while we discuss with them the tips and techniques they've learned on the river and behind the vice so that you can use those lessons learned to make your time more effective. Hey everybody and welcome to the Bugs and Beard podcast. We got a great guest on the show tonight with you. He's uh, Ray Miller, and he's a show promoter. Um, one of the shows that I do a lot of my tying at, which is the buck, or sorry, the wing shooting and fly fishing show in the Poconos, and he's got a couple other shows he's going to talk to us about tonight. But uh, and then we're going to talk about some of his recent trips and stuff. But tonight we have just me and Nick here in the studio, and um, we're going to just get into anything. Have you been doing any fishing lately? I fished uh, this past weekend, and. Uh, everything wasn't locked up. Um, still caught some fish. It was rather brutal. Um, I was going to say we had some anchor ice there last week. So see, I heard reports upstream from where we were. Yeah. Um, there, it was all anchor ice and they tried to fish and there was, they didn't catch fish, but we were downstream, which was surprising to me. Um, and there was just a little bit. The farther down we went, the more ice was on the, um, it was like covering like half of a hole or half mm-hmm. of a run, but we got up to a section and it was just ice on the bank. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, I mean, we, I'm surprised the amount of fish that we caught, Yeah, but it's going to be brutal. Um, yeah, yeah. this, this week, Here tomorrow we is going to be, uh, got a cold snap coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been out. I've just been working and I actually went to the Edison fly show this weekend. So that was pretty cool. I've been there before, but uh, it's cool catching up with a lot of our vendors and stuff that go there. We'll hung out at the Maxon booth and TFO for a while, and so seeing a bunch of old friends—that's always fun. So, Ray, you shouldn't be listening to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's bring our guest on. Ray, how are you doing there tonight? Hey, how you doing, Sean? How you doing, Nick? Wonderful. Yeah, real good. So, yeah. you're gonna try to come up tonight, but that's a long haul. So, we got it all worked yeah. out, and we're sounding really good here tonight. So. Yeah, we're going to do a deep freeze here down in, outside of Philly t- this night tomorrow, so yeah. <laughs> that would have been a fun trip. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. It's supposed <laughs> to get really cold. They're actually canceling school already for tomorrow while we're shooting this, so it's yep. really cold here. But uh, what do you got new going on, Ray? Well, we got the Fly Fishing and Wing Shooting Expo coming up this March, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, up at Split Rock Resort, uh, right, outside of, right outside of Stroudsburg and Lake Harmony, Pennsylvania. And again, it's a fly fishing and bird hunting uh, show that we're trying to put together. And uh, it's our second year. First year was really good. So I think, Sean, you were there and you had, a, you had a good time. I did. We had a real good time there. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think a... we're going to be even bigger and better this year. We got a, Our exhibitor list is growing fast and uh, uh, celebrities are great. We have Ed Jaworowski coming out and uh, Lars Jacobs on the wing shooting side and Paul Fuller. Paul Fuller used to be the, uh, the show guru and now he's... Uh, a celebrity uh, with a, a TV show called Bird Dogs of Field. So he's going to be our main wing shooting guy this year. Cool. And you yeah. got a lot of bird dog training programs and stuff going on there too, right? Yeah, actually we do. We, we, we just got a guy coming down from Upland, Upland and Antlers Kennel. And he does a really um, cool uh, presentation and demonstration. He brings a bunch of puppies, which everybody loves. So he sends them all running around and then he does this. His dog training demonstration, him and Alan Ott, 
So yeah, on the wing shooting side, we're really strong. And that's, uh, that was one of the reasons why we started this whole thing is because I'm a fly fisherman that, that wing shoots. And I always thought, Hey, let's bring the wing shooters in that maybe want to try fly fishing and, and the wing shooters that might want to try or some sort of fly fishers that want to try wing shooting. Well, you know, that was the whole point of it. There's a, there's a really good cross market there. Like, I mean, you are well, just between the three of us on the show here. You're a bird hunter. I have a bird dog too. And Nick's not a, not a hunter. He's a fisherman, but like there's two out of three that combine bird dog and fly fishing. So it, it's yeah. a really popular combination. But we get Nick up there and he sees all these nice guns and <laughs> we're going to turn him into a bird hunter. <laughs> you, you, you might have a harder time than you think. Yeah. <laughs> he, it, it's hard to get him off the water. Yeah, it's true. I, I can I can relate to that, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should bring my bird dog up. She'd drive me nuts, though. <laughs> so, she's a great dog. I love her. She's actually been on the podcast once and on another podcast once she always and she always sits at my feet when i shoot my fly time videos she nobody knows it but she's laying under the table while i'm shooting my fly time videos <laughs> that's the best isn't it yeah. time flies with your bird dog at your feet <laughs> I, I think two times she stuck her head up on the video and like looked at it and like climbed up on my i've actually called her up once or twice too and and so she's been in a couple of my youtube videos but she's a great dog she's the best dog I ever had but I always get picked on because she's a labradoodle. Okay, cool. But, but that that dog will hunt though. <laughs> but uh, no, you got a lot of good fly tires too, and uh, Ed's going to be doing some casting demonstrations, right? Yeah, that's the funny thing about it. Like going back to your, the fly tires, I, I didn't expect this to turn into such a fly tying show. I think we have like thirty fly tires coming from all different uh, fields, from panfish to saltwater to pike flies to to bass flies and it's just really going to be a great tying show yeah, yeah i know there was a good many tires last year and i know yeah. I, I i know from hearing from talking to some other guys that are going to be there that so you're going to have a good list of tires there too yeah really good top quality tires like tim uh, flagler um uh, and, and just great variety of, of, of flies to be tied dave brandt catskill flies right. so it's really really that's going to be a, a nice attraction to the to the show yeah and then the the, the paid classes with ed jabroski ed's going to be doing demos all day free demos all day and seminars all day free but he's also going to do paid classes um uh, for one-on-one i think it's like six guys in his class um and you're going to get private instruction with him and then we have a canine first aid paid class uh we have dog training classes um casting with mark sadati i mean it just goes on and on and on people should really take advantage of those there's there's limited six people to a class uh, uh, classes because they're they're really special with great guys in the field. Oh, well, Ed is the next thing to to Lefty Cray. I agree. I mean, literally, he's probably now that Lefty's gone, he's the closest thing to Lefty you can get in his casting ability. Yeah, Ed is probably one of the best fly casting instructors I've I've seen. And again, and Mark Sadati is probably one of the best casters I've ever seen. So, I mean, it's just a great combination. Yeah. Oh, we decided Walt Gerak, too. Uh, oh. Walt Gerak, the spay doctor, uh, is coming out and doing a seminar uh, demonstration uh, on spay casting and uh, single hand casting. And, I and then he's going to do a private I'm, class, too. I might have to cut out on that one, fit in on that one a little bit. That's something yeah. I have to work on is my spay. Yeah. And yeah, that was a real nice addition. He just, he just signed up a couple of days ago. So, yeah, it's just, just growing and growing. And, uh, uh, it's going to be a, a fun time when the 
the whole thing when we did when we set this up is we wanted to get guys who were in the field working every day like Matt Sapinski. Matt Sapinski is the steelhead guy. I mm-hmm. mean, this guy, he's working 260 days a year guiding. That's the kind of guys I want to listen to when I'm learning how to fly fish, you know, for any species. Right. And uh, you have a smallmouth fisherman too. Like in, oh, I, I... Yeah, Brian Shoemaker. Yes, I mean, just, Brian. The list goes on and on and on. It, uh, Nick Raftis from the Lehigh. It just just goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Ozzyfovich with his underwater videos. It's it, the shows really come together in the last uh, year just to be even better, and I think it's going to grow like crazy. Yeah. Well, that's a testament, like to how well the show was last year. That well, it, it was well attended. I mean, we had some bad weather there too, and it was still well attended. Yeah. And then to come back bigger and better the second year is a testament to how well it was. I know I'm forgetting somebody on that list because it's there's so many that I should bring the website up and take a look. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. so many great guys there. That, I mean, again, it's a lot of it's free. Oh, Joel Humphreys. Joel yeah. Humphreys is coming. Joel Humphreys is doing uh, a seminar during the day. We're, we're going to possibly we're working negotiating right now to bring his movie to the um, – to the expo and there's gonna be like four or five maybe six uh viewings of that his lit the stream movie oh, cool. so it just goes on and on and on uh, the amount of talent that we have at the show yeah and uh and you'll be honoring him at the banquet that evening then thank you sean yeah that's the that's the great thing too is you get to hang out with him at, at the banquet on saturday night we're honoring him with a special presentation for youth education so it's just yeah it's it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the great thing about it is that everything's located on the on the one facility, so you never have to leave the area. So after the banquet, everybody hangs out in the lobby. There's guys with guitars out playing, singing, and just having a good old time. You can go bowling, play the arcade, <laughs> yeah. take in a movie. Yeah. Isn't there a water <laughs> take park? Take a swim. Yeah, the water park there. Yeah, there's tons to do there at that resort. It's a nice resort. You take your kids there. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely take your kids there. Yeah, take your wife and kids and send them to the water park, and then you have all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just looking through the list: Dave Rothrock, Lars Jacob. I'm, it's just so many guys. It's just amazing. Dusty yeah. Wismuth, uh, oh, John yeah. Shaner from Hardy. Hardy just signed up. They're going to be bringing a lot of their gear. So it's cool. really, really a fun time. And again, it's a really educational time too. So you get you get something out of it. You know, it's just not coming and looking at pretty stuff. You're going to oh. walk out of the show with. You know, oh. knowledge about something that you wing shooting or fly fishing. Definitely. I mean, one of the things when I that I can personally remember from last year was um, you had three to four was it three or four seminar rooms going at all times. Yeah, we actually had five. Okay, five yeah. this year. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, there was. If you couldn't find a seminar that interested you in, in something, it you you weren't looking hard enough because there was something about everything there last year. That's true. Yeah, canine um, first aid this year, which is kind of cool, um, with with a veterinarian, you know, a professional. So again, it's people that we went after that are doing it every day, you know, not just talking to talk. They're walking the walk, you know. Right. Who was the big fly fisherman you had in last year? Uh, Kelly Gallup. Yeah, so that's right. Kelly yep. Gallup was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, act- she- I actually was speaking behind him like he was in the other other conference room behind me so i got to take in a little bit of his while well before i while i was waiting for my room to open up so he did a good job yeah kelly's uh again top notch yeah. but uh 
your shows now, you're not just going to do the Split Rock Resort this Well, this year you're just doing the Split Rock Resort, correct? Next year you're going to expand. Yeah, this year we're going to be uh, at Split Rock Resort, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And then next year we're starting off the year in January, 10th, 11th, and 12th, with the Greater Philly uh, Sportsman's Expo in Oaks, Pennsylvania. So that's going to be a big Sportsman's Expo, bass boats and deer hunting and elk and uh, goose and dock and uh, everything, uh, campers, RVs, everything. And then February 14, 15, and 16, we're at Dulles Expo Center with the Fly Fishing and Wing, shoot, uh, wing Shooting Expo. And that will be uh, just outside of D.C. and Chantilly, Virginia. And then at the end of February, probably like the 28th, 29th, 1st, we're still working those dates out for Split Rock. Yeah. again in 2020 so yeah so three shows is gonna be gonna be pretty cool time <laughs> yeah and that's uh one of the things i like about that is a february fly show in this area that kind of splits things up a lot of things are in march around the pennsylvania area here for, especially yeah and also my son graduates and he won't have wrestling matches in february next year so i'll be good to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot of free time. I got a daughter in college right now, so I got a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get into a little bit. Anything else you want to say about your shows before we move on? No, I just wanted to you know, invite everybody to come out. Like I said, it's something that you want to see. It's a good combination of the two sports. We're really trying to get back to, again, bringing the best of the best in, guys that are working guides and professionals that will teach you something and just not – uh, show you pretty pictures of fish, you know, and that's that's the whole premise of the show is that we want to have our customers go away with something that they learned at our shows. Right. Yeah. And uh, this show this year, uh, how far is it from, say, New York City or or Philly? That's a great question, Nick. That's a, that's the thing about Split Rock. When everybody looks at Split Rock, they go, "Oh, it's up at the Poconos. It's in the mountains." No. Take a look at Split Rock and do a 100-mile radius around it. You'll see it's almost into New York City, northern Jersey, New York, Scranton, Philadelphia, almost Harrisburg. So Allentown, it's a huge population, and we and we are pulling people from all over the area. I have guys signed up from Rochester, New York, Buffalo, New York City, Maryland, Virginia, Delaware. So it is a huge draw to the area. It's just we got to get people to know that it's there. Right. It's I... in, and it's in – beautiful location like sean said it's a it's a fantastic resort so you can bring your family they can go skiing on the slopes they can go swimming they can go laser tag bowling uh movie theater and that's something that we're going to be doing with joe's uh, uh live the stream joe humphrey's live the stream uh, movie that'll be in the theater at oh Spoiler. yeah they have a movie theater at the thing huh. that would be cool to see it in there yeah that would be nice yep. yeah yeah that's one of the things i since nick brought it up there last year when we were there as the shop we sold a rod to a guy from Connecticut and yeah, you know, that's not that far. The new England States no. are not that far from that area. Yeah. Like I said, everybody gets like, Oh, it's so far. It's, it's really not. It's a perfect location for a show. If you want to shoot some skeet or trap, there's the matter sports right down the street, five minutes. You can even do that. So there's so much to do in the area. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far. I just drove four hours this weekend to Edison. So it's, <laughs> you won't do that to ours. No. <laughs> what is it from ours? About two and a half. Yeah. About that. Yep. So two and a half, three. It's not bad at all. No. Uh, yeah, nice yeah. run out 80. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the recent trip that you were just on. Cause we talked about it a little bit before um, the three of us here, but 
Uh, I want to share what you did and uh, where all you went with all our listeners. Yeah, yeah, I had a great opportunity. Uh, my other company is a company called River Sage Outfitters, and it's a travel company. So I had the invitation to come down to Argentina and uh, check out Estancia Laguna Verde and uh, their newest operation, the Golden Dorado River Cruiser. Estancia Laguna Verde is like uh, about four hours northeast of Calafate. So you fly into Buenos Aires and then on to Calafate and then about a four-hour drive north and it's pretty remote and it's pretty rough to get to, but it's definitely worth the time to get to. Uh, the fishing there is world-class. Um, we caught so many big fish that it was ridiculous. Um, I think I was telling you guys uh, at one point that my hand was bleeding on my rod because I was catching so many fish that I had to stop <laughs> fishing for lunch. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that that's a pretty famous place. Um, a lot of guys would probably know it as Jurassic Lake. Is that... yeah, it's actually called Lago Strobo, but yes, it is uh, uh, Jurassic Lake. Yeah, just monster, monster rainbows. Monster rainbows, and, and the cool thing about it is that you're, you're fishing in lakes, number one, and also the Barrancosa River. So you're catching fish anywhere from 6 to 18-pound rainbows, uh, and I think the record is 26 pounds. That's and insane. they're in the river and they're in the lakes. So that's the cool thing about it. So if you, you know, there's even a couple of lagunas and uh, a little uh, spring creek that runs if you want to go catch smaller 10 pound fish. I'm sorry, smaller oh, yeah. 10 pound fish. Smaller 10 pound fish. <laughs> and these, these are not stocked fish. These are not stocked rainbow trout. Originally, they were. Well, originally, anymore. yeah. I mean, yep. yeah. Yeah. at one yep. time they had to be. But yeah, that's, and you know, for a lot of our listeners here, when we think of big rainbow trout around here, you know, we're thinking stocked fish, yeah, right. and they get that big because in, in the hatcheries and you know in yeah, these these places that they uh, release them or stock them, they feed them so they get that big. But down there, they just they eat all the stuff in that lake. Yeah, that's the thing too. They uh, they, that they they have no competition, they have no predation, and they just cruise around that lake and just eat and move at a very very slow pace. So they're not they're not expelling any, hardly any energy. They just get bigger and big and big every every year. Why don't uh, they have any uh, predation? Is it, are they too high? Like what's the elevation? Yeah, it's not the elevation. There's not much. There's not. I didn't see any birds of prey. Uh, there's nothing in the lake that that could eat them. The only thing I could possibly think would I don't even know like a like a maybe a puma. I, I don't even think a puma would go near the water though. It's just it, it, there's nothing there. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's they're ridiculous. You're, you'll stand on the on the shoreline, and you'll see fifty to a hundred, hundred and fifty fish in front of you. Wow, they're just all pushed to the fish. shoreline, eating the eating the scuds that are that are being washed in by the wind. And and one thing too, like what people might not understand, when you're saying a sixteen pound fish, you may think that that would have to be a really long length, but you're only looking at like thirty inches only. And it looks like they swallowed a football. That's exactly right. They're not. When I first was driving into the uh, to the lodge, the, the manager said, "Ray, I want you to realize we don't measure fish by inches here. We measure fish by pounds, because they you're right. They look like footballs. I mean, I have photos. I think I sent you a couple. Yeah, you it's did. Just the bellies are just hanging over my hand. They're just gorged with scuds and wow. uh, bait fish. And that'd be a high protein diet. 
I mean, yeah. you're, you're not, you're not, you don't have any current. Yeah. If you're in a, if you're in a lake, you have no current, right. so you don't have to, you know, expel any energy. Right. Yeah. So you're just kind of swimming around all the, you're not really even swimming around all the time. Yeah, and you wouldn't yeah, really have yeah. to work for the scud either. <laughs> you just chomping. It's kind, of, it's, kind of, it's kind of like us floating around a pool with a martini in our in our hands, right? <laughs> really, it, it's, it's, honestly, yeah. It's like it, those those tra- those are the office job trout. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and even when the wind kicks up, they just go deep and they get out of that ways. But it's funny, even like the wind will kick up really strong there. You know that you've heard stories about that, like almost like someone's pushing you in your back. That's how hard it is. And, but you'll see the fish in the waves crashing on the shore, taking your dry fly at the peak of the wave. It's, it's absolutely crazy, man. That's not even real. No. <laughs> I know. I, I think I told you last time. There's two places that I w- I w- I've been to that exceeded my expectations. One was Alaska, and two was Estancia Laguna Verde. I had no idea that I was going to be catching this many fish and the size. And, and again, the, I, and, I don't want to sound like a typical fisherman story, but we we purposely took count of the fish that we caught per day. In six days, we caught 300 fish, and we totaled the average weight to be close to 1,800 over 1,800 to 2,000 pounds of trout. Oh wow! <laughs> I know. I wouldn't, I was able, to, I wouldn't be able to move. <laughs> See, now the the thing is, but I had to go from there up on a boat and then go catch Golden Dorado for six more days. I was wiped out. And you're complaining about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had to do it. Someone had to do it, right, Nick? <laughs> but Nick, well, well, one thing that you were saying is that you're actually fishing off the bank for a lake. You're not fishing in a boat on the lake, which is kind of a little bit different. Yeah, no, you couldn't even get a boat on that lake. I think Probably. it would be so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. We did have three days, though, in the middle of the week where we had dead calm, dead calm wind, and the lake looked like a glass. And they said, you'll never catch any fish. It'll be really, really tough today. Hmm. I put a I put a small little olive woolly mugger on. Still caught 50-plus fish yeah, that you day. Yeah, change tactics up a little bit. You can get them Yeah, like just that. change tactics, yeah. No. It was funny, too, because they were saying, oh, they, you got to retrieve it really, really, really slow, as slow as you possibly can, almost as long as not moving it. I went down there and started popping it real fast. <laughs> they couldn't stay off it. <laughs> Something a little different. Something different than what they're seeing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Whenever you hear that stuff, you say, hey, wait, let me try something different. <laughs> well, how deep is the lake? Oof. Now, I, in, the, in the middle, I have no idea. But uh, the banks, I mean, probably 10 foot, probably at the banks, the shallows. That's a, I was still ju- pretty deep. I was just wondering, yeah, because a trout needs deeper water to stay cold, or is that just a colder climate area there? Yeah, well, that, that water is cold, I'll tell you that. And I don't know what it gets like in January, February, March, but I was there in December, and boy, it, it was very cold. So that's, it's got to be well, deep. Or... That's southern hemisphere, so that would be yeah, winter yeah. there then. It'd be summer. Summer there then, I yeah. mean, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it is yeah. southern hemisphere, so you always had that big air conditioner down, down south that – that big uh, Antarctic air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So you always have that chance of getting nasty weather. But hmm. wow, what was the, a, what, Do you remember the elevation? Oh, it's sea level. It's really low. Oh, really? Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're down. It's like Tierra del Fuego. But it's like it's it looks like the tundra, kind of. Yeah, it looks right? like the tundra. Yeah. It, it, you think you landed on the moon when you get there? It's like pretty wild. Huh. Wow. 
and there's white rocks from like calcium deposits in the lake. So I would think when I saw that, I started thinking this lake's got to be a really like a high pH lake because there was a lot of calcium deposits all over all the rocks on the banks. Hmm. And that kind of kind of goes in like spring creek fishing. You know, the big fish, pH is high, right. lots of lots of bug life, right. scuds. You know, hmm. yeah. That's interesting. And is it a yeah. how how big is it? Do you know like acreage wise? I don't know how acreage wise, but I'll tell you, I couldn't see the other side of the lake. It's oh, huge. really? Oh, wow. Yeah, huge, huge. Yeah, and there's now I was just talking to the owner a couple nights ago, so we're trying to get a trip to go back down uh, first week of December, and he says now we have new roads that we're able to access other parts of the lake. So, huh? It's just it's ridiculous. It's, it's to go somewhere. It's already remote as it is because I think maybe maybe a hundred anglers a year, maybe come down there and fish it. Oh, wow. Now to go somewhere completely remote. <laughs> if that a hundred anglers, I probably not even that. Huh? Wow. I, yeah. I was just going to ask how much pressure, like you think it gets in hundred anglers a year. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like next to nothing. That's one every three days. Yeah. If you figure you maybe have on a lake, 10, yeah. 10, 10 trips, uh, maybe 10 to 15 trips a year, maybe. Down there before it gets too blown out or too warm, because it does get warm as it gets into April, May. Okay. I'll start getting it. Hmm. And then they would go deep and out of your fishing. I'm sorry, not April, May. Uh, you should edit that. It should be January, February. April, May starts going into their winter, their fall. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, they'd go deeper. Yeah. It'd have yeah. to be deep enough. Yeah, they'd to... have to. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd, pretty well. you'd you'd still be able to fish the streams and stuff then there wouldn't you you put you could yeah. now i don't know if the streams dry up i don't, um, i know they're they're glacier not glacier fed but they're mountain fed so there's springs and you know runoff and yeah they're not glacier fed because it's not that color of water yeah there we'll, are glacier fed lakes in the area we'll definitely have the pictures that you sent us on there on as the profile pic and uh, probably on our site too those cool. fish were just incredible, and the the scenery and the water color. That was one of the things that jumped out at me. That the one that you caught on the stream, that turquoise blue stream that was just cool looking. I that yeah. amazed me. Yeah, they're they're really particular about their their environment down there too. Like as soon as I got there, they knew that I fished, so they're like, "Take your boots off. We're gonna put them in the solution to clean off any you know uh, rock snot or anything like that." Right. Or, yeah, they're really particular. The water is pristine, clear. It's hmm. yeah, it's a pretty spectacular place. Good for them. Yeah, no doubt. We yeah, should take yeah. some lessons. Exactly. I, I have always said that about Argentina. We should take some lessons from the Argentinians. They limit the amount of people on the water. We actually, one of my trips I took down there. We got to the to the ticket office, the license office, and they said, uh, "Can't have a license today. We already we sold out for the day." Huh. Wow. And I was like, yeah. They really are serious now about their their environment and you know sustaining that trout population that was initially stocked there. You know. Well, now I was just talking. Well, actually, I ran into Pat Weiss out at the show, and uh, we were talking to him with some guys from the guys from Maxon, and they were saying about fishing over in Europe and it being the same way over there too. Like, in in I think it was in England about having to get access onto the river and it being very limited like that. And you paid for, yeah. you, you paid to get on the river for the day and it would, 
you look like you're fishing in a in a ditch around here and doesn't look like good water, but that's what they got. So yeah. yeah, that's all private there. Yeah. So that yeah, was, it's, it's it's definitely something on your bucket list you want to do. Just the whole the whole Argentine experience is not only just the fishing, it's the it's the people, the wine, the food, everything. You could take it's us next amazing. December. Yeah, yeah. And we'll yeah, go. Let's go, man. <laughs> Nick, Nick needs to practice on his lake fishing game. I do. So that would be a good excuse. That, that would be. I, I could teach people some lake stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I can just get some practice. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd let's be talk great. about it up at the expo for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's get into where you went after that. The trip you went on after that. I went back to Buenos Aires and spent a couple of days there. I was hoping to go check. I'm a huge soccer guy, so I was hoping to check out a uh, Boca Juniors game, but that got canceled. So decided to go eat some steak and drink some wine in Buenos Aires for a couple of days. And <laughs> bet you the steak would be good and fresh down there. <laughs> oh man, oh, I'm yeah. telling you, the best. Isn't that where and a lot I, of ours come from, anyway? I don't know. I don't know if yeah. ours comes from there, but I'll tell you, we could learn a lot from them too. Yeah, because you know. Their quality of their meat is incredible. Yeah, I know. I I think we do import some Argentinian beef. I didn't know that. Yeah, that it's it's really good. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing, and the wine is phenomenal. The, the people are great. Um, it's I get a kick out of people when they tell me, "Oh, you're going to South America, aren't you afraid?" I'm like, "No, of what? <laughs> I can't I can't wait to get down there yeah. and see my friends and they're just great people." Well, now a little off subject. Have you ever went to New Zealand? no no because i was just I, like what you're saying is kind of what i have in my head of new zealand and i was just kind of wondering how they compared so it's funny because we had a bunch of new zealand and australian guys at the lodge when i was at the estancia laguna verde and they were they were telling me all about the fishing there and it's it's sounds spectacular yeah yeah it's definitely I'm, on the bucket list yeah we have friends that go to new zealand every every now and then and and they love going there and and it seems just like what you're saying there. So. Yeah, it's it's amazing how many people they they don't know until they they need to experience it. Right. Because they just don't even know what they know, and that's it. You know, they need to get out and see these other parts of the world because they're incredible. Yeah, that's <laughs> my wife and I. That's our plan now that our kids are getting older and towards college age and stuff like that. That's our plan is to start traveling. Yeah. But, <laughs> But uh, after yeah. that, you ended up going for Dorado. Yeah, I actually got onto the Golden Dorado River Cruiser. I was on that for six days. It's a floating, uh, kind, of, kind of looks like a, one of the Mississippi uh, river boats. Uh, and we went around the San Lorenzo River, which is a tributary to the uh, Paraná River. And uh, caught Golden Dorado anywhere from oh, 8, 10, 12-pound Golden Dorado. That was kind of fun. Wow. Um, the, the boat experience was neat. Just living on that boat and moving from place to place, anchoring, and then the boats, the smaller boats take you out for the day. You come back, have dinner on the boat, hmm. drinks. And... Now, now, when I look at a Dorado, I think they look just like they're solid muscle. Is that pretty much what they are? <sighs> you ain't kidding. They are, yeah. they are aggressive. They're strong. Um, they fight um, a pretty good fight, but then they're kind of like almost a little bit like a northern pike. They fight hard for a while, and then they just peter out. Yeah. Um, but they do fight hard, and they're aggressive, and they're hungry. I actually had – I think I sent you a photo, too. One of the golden Dorado that I caught had a rat in its mouth. Tail of it so was hanging out of its mouth and still hit my stream as it swung by. Wow. Yeah, so they're really – they're like a 
really aggressive predator. Nick just you just caught a fish not too long ago, a brown trout that had a brown trout in it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Didn't need a streamer, <laughs> it ate a nymph, but I don't. It wouldn't have fit in his mouth. Yeah, I don't know why it did it. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. It's not, it's not a dorado. <laughs> no, not a dorado. No, no. It's brown trout. <laughs> brown trout is cool, man. <laughs> I'm not debating that. No. <laughs> Talk to Matt Sapinski about that. He's like, that brown trout crazy. <laughs> we, Have you seen his new book? No, That's, I didn't get to see it yet. Yeah, it's it's very good. He sold out at the, at the Edison show. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, we're getting off the, talk, the, the, the topic. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so you uh, lived on a riverboat with no gambling then, huh? <laughs> well, I didn't, won't say there was no gambling. <laughs> you know what the fun part is? I don't know if you'll uh, put this on, but the fun part of the night was uh, we would get all tanked up on wine, go up on a deck, and we start getting the BB gun out, keeping the rats off the boat. <laughs> You're shooting the rats off the line. <laughs> wow. So, wait, what? Where are they coming from? The land. We're, back, we're anchored to the land. Oh, so they, come, they try to get onto the boat for all the food. and, uh, and <laughs> Wow. That, it was pretty, that's pretty fun, actually. That would be entertaining, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> I mean, did any, I'm sure things, they made it on there. Some of them probably did, yeah, but we got a lot of them. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's like, you know, you're on a yacht pretty much. I'm going to say it's a yacht. You, you'll argue with me, but the way you describe it, it's a yacht. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a riverboat, uh, on the Mississippi River. That's what it really reminded me of. I was on a yacht in Chile one year. I got I got to go on that Nomads of the Sea uh, huh. for for two weeks. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Uh-uh. No. Uh, the Nomads of the Sea is the uh, it's a ship called the Atmosphere, and um, they take anchors. You fly into Portamont, you get on a ship, and then you go on all along the Chilean coast, and it has a helicopter on it, and take you up to the mountains and. Uh, take you up and they float you back and they pick you up with the helicopter and bring you back. But I was on that for two weeks. Um, huh. Yeah, it was pretty, that was uh, probably one of the most amazing. <laughs> I, I have a lot of the most amazing trips. <laughs> but this, <laughs> this was pretty cool. We got to. Uh, what uh, was you fishing for there? Uh, rainbows, browns, um, brookies. Um, wow. I forget what the, I forget what the, uh, local fish was but the cool thing about it was that we were on this ship i mean they would they would take us out to these remote locations like i don't think anybody's ever fished on the top of a mountain chop us off then they come back with our gear and we put the boats together and we float down these rivers down towards the ocean and they pick us up back with the helicopter back to the ship wow that does sound like fun yeah it was really neat um it's called nomads of the sea i think i heard that they were Changing it into an eco tourism thing, but I'm not sure. But not the owner, the owner took a liking to me and asked me to come down and spend one week, and then it turned into two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Lucky dude, you're you're a lucky guy. You do all these <laughs> cool things. Yeah, no doubt. This all happened from working for the fly fishing show with Barry Serviente. Barry used to hook me up with these guys that he knew, and they would take me to these locations. And then that's how I got started doing these shows from Barry Serviente. So how long have you been in the industry? In the industry, probably 25 years. As oh. a guide, I guided out west and I guided on the Delaware. And then 
outfitter and now a promoter. Right. I can't believe I'm a promoter. That means I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the cool part about that is all the people you get to be around. It is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I make connections with people and that's and I like again, like I like I was telling you last time, I like helping younger people get into the sport too, like Barry did for me. Mm-hmm. I was just I was this kid that nineteen eighty eight, I think I walked up to him and I said, Can I work for you guys? He was like, Yeah, and he took me under his wing and showed me everything and he just grew from that, and I'd love to do the same thing for somebody else. Yeah, yeah see, that's that's actually something. I'm a people person. That's something I could see myself going into in the future. Yeah. Something in that line, especially like the outfitter line. But, yeah. But all about making connections. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> so anywhere else that you've been interesting like that? Because you seem to have some good stories. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a story about um, the nomads in the sea. It's a pretty, pretty cool story. So I get on this boat, and I'm, I'm a little leery because I'm not the best when it comes to seasickness and boats. So I'm on this 150 foot yacht, and we're going across this. Now, if I, I might not say the name right, but I think it's called the Strait of Corcovania. So I mean, we're at rough seas, and this boat is like rocking, man. And I'm like, oh man. So I'm like sitting at the table, and I'm going. Something's happening here. <laughs> I think I, I better go downstairs and go to bed, right? So I went down, I laid down. Next morning, it's like dead quiet, calm. And I'm like, what the hell happened? I thought we got like hijacked or pirated or something, you know? I come out of my room and there's nobody. I go up on the deck, there's nobody. There's coffee being made, but there's nobody around. I'm like, what the hell? What, what's going on, right? I got my coffee. I walk out on the deck of the ship and we're in this back fjord. There's like steam coming off the mountains and streams and st- fog. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> I look up and there's the captain up in the crow's nest like, yeah, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> and that started the beginning of a major adventure. I mean, I fished. I broke an eight weight on a brown trout up there in one of the lakes. That's how big these fish were. Going into these mountain passes with the helicopter and landing and floating back down to the ocean. It's just absolutely amazing trip. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) So I guess we should rethink. South America would have to be cheaper than New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Definitely because of the, uh, your, the, the dollar goes so well in Argentina right now. Yeah. yeah. And airfare is probably a little bit cheaper to get down there than to get to right across the yeah. globe. Yeah. yeah, I would highly recommend getting into Chile or South or Argentina, either one. My act, actually, my daughter just went on a mission trip to Chile last year, and she loved it down there. We was afraid she Sorry. wasn't going to come home. <laughs> it gets into your blood, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't miss another year, that's for sure. <laughs> you mean, I mean, if you need more people next year, again, you know. I, you know, yeah. I, anytime, let me know. <laughs> I, I, for I sure. Have, I have like zero responsibilities. I, yeah, we can work something out, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so before we're done, this was great talking about all the fishing here and stuff like that. That's what the podcast is all about. But before we're done, let's go back to the show just a little bit real quick and uh cap off some things going on at the show and uh anything else we want to talk or did you want to say something nick 
I mean, I kind of wanted to go back to you said about the paid shows. People should reserve their spots now out of the six. Um, I, I don't know if you phrased it like that, but uh, is there a way if people are interested uh, for these paid shows with these with these various uh, experts? Um, is there a way to one find out about them or to sign up for them ahead of time? Okay. Yeah, it's real important, Nick. There's uh, for people to get in on our website as fast as possible. Get in these shows or these private classes. Uh, you can just go to our website. It's uh, flyfishingwingshootingexpo.com, and there'll be tons of information on there about the show. There'll be a link for the paid classes, and then uh, you can uh, register there. All register and pay online on the website. I would also suggest signing up for your newsletter too, your email newsletter too, because mm-hmm. you're constantly telling the sh- what's going on and stuff like that. So you're you're going to be finding out the schedules and stuff like that on your email. Or... Yep. So. Yeah, and also you'll be getting information from River Sage Outfitters too for the ex- adventures that we go on. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah. <laughs> I know Nick's ready for that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, if you're you're a lake fisherman, you'll go out of your mind down there. Yep. It's between Chile and Argentina. It's funny because everybody says when they go to Chile, that's the lake fishing, but Argentina is equally as good. Yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, the, <laughs> the one of the best things I've ever done was in Colorado, hike to a a, a lake. Uh, it was between twelve and thirteen thousand feet, and caught cutthroat trout, and it was. I, I'm like a, a, an Easterner from like 2,000 feet, and I have zero training in in elevation, and it was extremely hard. But it was like the, the it was so worth it because there was nothing up there, no trees, cool. just a bunch of trout. It was August. There was snow up there. It was great. So yeah, That's lakes cool. like it. it you put me on a lake any day with trout in it. And if there are no trout in it, I'd be like, ah, this is not fun. <laughs> yeah, any, anytime you go to those kind of places, no matter what the fishing's like, it's just worth it. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, they could be they could be 10-inch brook trout. It's still being up the, in that kind of area. Oh, it's no doubt. The experience of getting up there is just, that's what this is all about, right? Yep. 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 And the same with the wing shooting. That's, I think that's probably what I like most about wing shooting is just me and my dog walking through the woods. Yeah. If I shoot a grouse, I shoot a grouse. If I don't, I don't care. I agree with that. I yeah. why well, I, I ran beagles oh, yeah. for twenty years, and I kind of always had a rule that I never shot a rabbit unless my beagle brought it around to me. Yeah. And, and my beagle never brought a rabbit around to me. She was tra- <laughs> she was a trout dog, and if she did, it was forty five minutes, and I was bored out of my mind by then anyway. But I just love to watch the dog run. I love yeah. watching a dog do what it's bred to do. And I, that's my whole thing about hunting with a dog. I I would rather, I would rather go hunt with my dog than go sit in a deer stand and wait for deer. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that think like that too. And that's yeah. that's the whole point of this expo. Yeah, is that we want to get people to love that kind of, that kind of thing. You know, that kind of sport. Yep. That's what it's about. Yeah, and there's going to be dogs there. Oh, yes, tons of dogs. Awesome. We, uh, we just signed up NAVDA. So NAVDA's coming in again. They're going to do a dog training. Uh, I forgot to mention that, too. There's going to be a whole youth discovery zone. Uh, we're, we're working on getting a laser uh, 
pheasant shooting thing, and then there's dog training with NAVDA, and there's casting, and there's fly ties, all for kids, and all kids under 12 are free. So, nice. Huh. Yeah, so that's going to be a really cool time. But again, we're trying. It's all about getting kids back into it and us enjoying it. I just had funny story. I just had a guy come in here who's putting in my, my cable TV. And I said, he says, what do you do? He saw all my guns and everything on my house. I said, oh, I promote sportsman shows. He goes, what's that? <laughs> I said, dude, do you realize what you're missing? You, I had explained to him what a sportsman show was. When I was growing up, that was equally as exciting to go to a sportsman show as it was going hunting and fishing oh, in the yeah. season. Yep. You know, they don't even know what it is. I had explained to them, you know, like a trade show, like a car show, but it's hunting and fishing. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Okay. It's only been like around <laughs> since the beginning of time. Yeah. But that's what we got to get back to that old time, old fashioned sportsman's expo or fly fishing and wing shooting expo, fly fishing show, whatever it is. You know, right. we got to get back to that and bring that that tradition, that history back because we're in bad, we're in bad shape, if not, I think. Oh, no doubt. I, I mean, Definitely the hunting industry is on a downslide. I don't think so much in the fishing industry, but definitely the hunting industry, just because of, you know, uh, environmental issues and things like that and th the society we live in. But if we yeah. don't, come, you know, all get together and come back and start doing stuff like this, it's it'll go a lot quicker. Yeah. Anyhow, one of the things going on at the show is uh, we're going to set up there and do some podcasts from the show. So we're going to pick a couple of the the tires and things like that and the other guys from the show and do some interviews and bring a lot more content to our show from your show. So we're looking forward to that. I, I really looking forward to that. I want you there and I, I like what you do. I love this whole Beards and Bugs podcast. I think it's a great idea. So I want to promote that and and definitely have you guys there for sure yeah so we're looking forward to spending our time up there and uh and for the other guys here getting to meet you too so i i got to know you well now so and uh looking forward to them getting the chance to meet up with you and talk to you but uh we're gonna be up there that'll be march 1st 2nd and 3rd and uh i'll be tying all weekend doing a seminar or two for you and you and like I said, we'll be doing some live interviews. I already talked to Flagler and Collins. They're going to be on the show for sure. So I, I know that uh, I'm looking forward to bringing a couple of my buddies on, getting them in studio with us and having them on, on the show with us. So that'll be a good time up there. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to that. So, All right. Anything we want to touch on before we leave here? Yeah, just thanks for having me, and uh, I'll see up at, everybody up at the Expo. All right, so we can find you at the fly fishing and wing shooting expo dot com, and you're on, right. you're on Facebook and but yep. not on Instagram, just Facebook, right? Yeah, we're on Twitter. We're we're working on Instagram. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So that's where you can find them. Anything you want to add before we leave? No, thanks. Thanks, Ray. All thanks, right. Nick. We'll see you up at the expo. All, All right. right, thanks All again, right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for 
listening to this episode of the Bugs and Beard Podcast. This podcast was brought to you in part by HolesingersFlyShop.com and Trotted Goods. We truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to our show. If you enjoyed the show, please take a second to smash the like button and subscribe to us. You can find our show on popular podcast apps like Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Until next time, keep your tip up and tight lines.